welcome to the Turning Point Podcast. I am your host, Marita Spada, where I speak with people from all walks of life as we discuss business, creativity, life, mental health, and the sweet balance between it all. My guest today is Chad Peavy, a best-selling author, award-winning speaker on the topic of human behavior, and the founder of the Institute for Human Progress and Development. He has worked with thousands of high-performing professionals from around the world, helping them achieve greater clarity, perspective, and an overall well-being. His insights have been recognized by Keller Williams Realty, MAPS Coaching, the National Association of Gay and Lesbian Real Estate Professionals, the Austin Chronicle, and Fortune 500 companies, among many others. I'm excited for you to listen to our conversation today as we really deep dive into our goals and ambitions, balancing life and mental health, and how can we really shift our mindsets to improve our overall life. If you are a fan of the podcast, please don't forget to give it a rating or a review, share the link with a friend, and spread the word. Now, let's kick off the show. Hi, Chad. Thank you for joining the podcast today, and, and welcome. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to have this this conversation today, specifically because I, as a meditation coach and, and a leader uh, with a team of 10 now, I talk a lot about mindset and and kind of breaking down mindsets and understanding ourselves a little bit more. So I'm very excited to talk to you about that. And I really wanted to start by um, breaking down a little bit of the things that you talk about, specifically on human behavior and how to untangle mindsets that perhaps we inherited from parents and uh, just childhood in general. And, and where can people start and how do mm. we really identify them? I think is more of the underlying question there. Yeah, I think that's such a good question and really gets at the essence of, I think what we're all trying to do, I think we're all trying to live happier, healthier, more fulfilling, more meaningful lives. And I think a lot of times what gets in our way are the mindsets that we've created around life. And so all of my work is centered around these mindsets. So you ask, how do we figure out what those mindsets are that are getting in the way? For me, and this is just my own personal journey, for me, that work began when I started exploring the misalignments that were showing up in my life. And those manifest themselves through my depression and my anxiety. I've been somebody that's had depression and anxiety. I've lived with that for as long as I can remember. They put me with the school counselor back in fourth grade. I think that's when they realized that something wasn't quite right. They didn't call it depression for me back then at that age. I think they just thought I was a very sad kid with a lot of stress. But I, looking back now, I'm like, oh, you were definitely depressed and anxious <laughs> back then. And so when I think about uncovering mindsets to figure out what's going on with me, that's really where I began. And so for me, I had to really dive in and look at defining what is depression and anxiety. What are those things? Because we throw those words around colloquially, and I think that they've kind of lost specific meaning. And so for me, I think about anxiety as, as the gap that exists between the way things are and the way I want them to be. So that tension that gets created in the middle, for me, that shows up with like my skin will crawl, my stomach will get into knots. I am really unable to focus. And when I start experiencing the, the physical manifestations of that anxiety, I take a minute and I go, all right, 
what is it that you are is in your head that's pulling you into the future? What's pulling you out of now, out of the present moment, into the future that's creating this greater tension that I know and recognize as anxiety? Depression, I would say I, I experienced depression more. And for me, I Freud, I think, gave the best de definition of depression. He said, depression is rage turned inward. And that really, really resonated with me because growing up, I think everybody around me thought depression was sadness. And it's like, yeah. oh, you're depressed. Why are you so sad? <laughs> like, I don't know. Why am I so sad? And I can never figure it out. And then I'm like, wait, what is depression? Depression is rage turned inward. Yeah, I'm mad. I'm really, really mad. And I've not directed that anger outward toward the object that is deserving of that anger. I've turned it all inward and I become mad at myself. I get uh, sleepy. I spend a lot of time in bed. Um, I don't want to be around other people. And that's how depression shows up for me. And so just getting clear on what those definitions are understanding what's going on with me. That's when I can start to untangle the mindsets that are holding me in those states. I don't know if that helps answer the question or, or gives us a good direction here, but. Definitely. That, that is, it's amazing because it's something that I do myself um, as a meditation coach and, and, and someone who's really into mindsets and understanding your mind and your body and how those may connect and, and what you're working through. And even when you were talking about your own childhood, it made me think about my childhood, which comes to mind a lot as, you know, someone in their mid thirties trying to keep growing and understanding what might be holding me back. And I remember Marina, being like, you don't look a day over 25, by the way. Oh. You look amazing. <laughs> Thank you. So, but, and you probably understand this, but it's, it was mostly like I was, I got, I was one of the lucky ones, right? Because I was diagnosed with ADHD at six. That's not typical mm. for girls, right? They don't die. Mm. That's not, and, and even in the early 90s, that's not th something that we, that we would think of. Because usually we yeah. we they would diagnose boys faster than girls, right? Mm -hmm. So they get undiagnosed until they're young adults. So I was one of the lucky ones. But with that also came um, that I, I knew I was gay. Like, well, I didn't know I was gay, but I knew there was something wrong. And at that age, it was like, there's something wrong. That's the, there's yeah. nothing wrong now as an adult. I understand that now. But it was a mindset that I inherited without knowing, thinking yeah. that there was something wrong with me because I have ADHD. Then I got diagnosed with dyslexia. So something else to add onto the list and then being gay, something else adding onto the list. And so yeah. all of my 20s and early 30s was me doing what you should said, like doing a lot of journal prompts, trying to find a lot of people that created kind of like literature or or during workbooks with these type of questions that I could write down in a journal and really should sit down with my thoughts alone and figure out, is this what's holding me back? Did I not get the help yep. that I needed? And I don't blame my parents because we're talking like mid-90s or something like that. There, This wasn't something that we would talk about. You know, there were, there were yep. no LGBT communities for parents to to join, to understand how mm -hmm. to, you know, help their child. I came from a very Catholic family, so don't even mention that part, right? So right. all these things. So I think... Some of us learn earlier how to try to work and break down and untangle, as as you so poetically put it, 
our our mindsets to move forward and continue to grow. And some people should struggle through it until late thirties, maybe even forties. So I just yeah, I I was trying to find that you, time to to actually you know work through that. Yeah, and I I love that you had that experience and and got the diagnosis and were able to to work on it. That was not my experience. They they knew something was wrong. I don't know. I grew up in rural Arkansas, so the idea of being gay was just so foreign. <laughs> and the idea that, you know, my dad was the football jock in high school. He went to the same school district that I went to. Everybody knew him. And the idea that that guy had this gay, sensitive little kid just seemed so foreign to everybody, I think. But it was so obvious when I look at pictures. I don't know about you, but like when I look at pictures back then, I'm like, <laughs> that kid was definitely gay. Like he wasn't just a little gay. He was really, really gay. So I, I struggled for a really long time. I, I allowed the mindset. So I, the way I talk about it in my book, I developed all these survival skills, survival mindsets that allowed me to fit in at school, that allowed me to fit in, in as an entrepreneur, fit in in the business community. I was surviving. And the survival skills were actually what were sabotaging me. They were keeping me isolated. They were keeping me separate from. They were keeping me from experiencing real love and connection with other people. They were keeping me from being in real communion with myself and standing up for myself and knowing who I am and not being a chameleon and not trying to please everybody else. Right. So it took me, I was probably late twenties when it, it was late twenties, late twenties when I, I, I had a really, really bad depressive episode. I spent about six months in bed, literally in bed, 23 hours a day. And it took that for me to go, all right, I'm either going to check out because I can't, I can't live like this, or I'm going to lean all the way in. And it was that simple. I don't know. It seems hokey, but it was just that simple decision of like, this is your life and your life is on the line here. And it's either time to really live or, or not. And it was when I made that decision, I, I leaned all the way in. I felt like I didn't have anything to lose. I really dug into personal and professional development and just started moving through. And quite honestly, Maria, just like making a total mess of it. Like, because I had spent all of my life trying to fit in, being the good little boy. Don't, don't think I'm bad. Just, just, I just want to fit in. And then just going through and just like, all right, I got to figure this out. And figuring this out is going to be extremely messy. And gave myself permission to go make that mess, to figure things out and discover who I am. And that was my, that's, that's how it happened for me. And you mentioned something really important, which happened to me as well, is giving yourself permission. Like I lived a very long time being like, well, I can't, I can't show that I'm sad or I can't show that I'm depressed. Cause for me, yeah. it happened more like my mid twenties and it was like, I can't show that. And specifically like my parents divorced and my dad wasn't really like in the picture he was around but he wasn't like really involved in mm. in the racing part of it right so my mom if i would say something of how i was feeling depressed would take it personal right and so i i was like i can't say it because then if i say it i'm hurting her and that's not my intention i'm saying it because you i'm to protect her yes and i'm just trying to say yeah, it because yeah. i want i i realize that i need help and maybe yeah. I can do it alone. Maybe I can't. Maybe I just need a support system. And while I'm doing it, 
but it was giving myself permission like this is not personal for anyone i just need to give myself that permission to do this series of, of experiments with life to figure out how to untangle this whole thing so i can be successful because it was holding me back and i don't know if this happened to you which i think this is where we're really going to go into the weeds a bit with it was affecting me not only on with relationships with friends but re relationships with you know with with the person i was dating at that time and then i work where i knew that i wanted to go into management and be a leader and have like my own business or side projects and i felt like i had this imposter syndrome because all of this like yeah. childhood stuff was holding you back and thinking yeah. like, well, I can't be a leader because I have ADHD, right? So who's going to follow yeah. me? What team's going right. to, who's going to take me seriously? I have dyslexia. Exactly. You know, I can't learn how yeah. to code because I, I have dyslexia and I mix my numbers <laughs> a letter. So it was like this whole thing, right? And so even talking about it, it's like, it's all, it took so many years. People think it's like, oh, it seems like even hearing, right? even hearing you talk about it, it's like, it, this is so overwhelming. And I'm thinking about people who are listening, who are experiencing this. And going through this phase of their lives themselves, it's like, it's so overwhelming. Yeah. All of this stuff, and you've talked about it a couple of times, like it just stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks. And I so relate to you right now. Like the idea of it's just like, it seems like life just gets you just one after another, after another. And yeah, you're right. Like just giving yourself permission to be like, all right, it's going to get messy, but it's got to get figured out. I'm curious though, from you, like, did you get to a place where you were able to have that conversation with your mom? We, we have, but it's never gotten really good. I just learned that I needed to put more boundaries and I should just share as, as much as I can, where I know mm. this is, she's not really going to take it personal, but it, it never got to a point where I can just be an open book. Like mm -hmm. it, I just think because she has her own mindsets that I don't think she ever worked through. And so as much as yeah. I would love to to be a teacher of some sort to her, it, she would need to be open to that. And yeah. I want to come from the a, wrong person for that, right? right? Be, because <laughs> you learn that want, the hard way. <laughs> yes. You you don't. It's very hard for a parent to be like, well, I'm going to learn from my child. They, exactly. they want yeah, they want their child to go to them when they need something, not the other way yeah. around. And exactly. so we're in a good spot in the sense of like, yeah, we'll call and she'll come and visit me and I'll go and visit and you know, all these things. But it's, there's not, there's, it's not a very deep relationship because I couldn't open that book and share all of these things because then yeah. she would, she would take it personal. And so I need, needed to understand that this is not something that I need to take personal, that the way that she's behaving when I open up, it's not something that I need to take personal. It's just, there's mm -hmm. some work there that needed to be done. And she can go through life without doing that work because it only affects her and her children. And I have an older brother who's pretty quiet about his life. So it doesn't affect their relationship at all. Yeah. You know, that whole differentiation experience that we go through with our parents, it's, it's, it's just a marvelous experience. Like the day that you can look at your mom and not see her as mom, but see her as another human being with her own set of problems, with her own life, with her own set of experiences and things that she's going through that have nothing to do with you. Right. Like that's such a powerful moment in a person's life. If they ever get there where they're able to see mom or dad as their own human being. I think that's so, so powerful. And it takes time too. And so, for me, I think I did like a small, it's just very small switch. But instead of going to her when I wanted advice, 
I just go more for like support. Like mm. this, this, what do you, what do you think about this situation rather than mm. this is the problem that I have? Just give me advice, please tell me what to do. Cause then mm. that opened the door for me to respond to what she was saying. And then I would say something that she would take personal. So it would be like, yeah. I'm having this problem. I'm doing this thing. What do you think? Oh yeah, I think it's mm. great. Or ah, maybe I would do this thing rather than support instead of advice. That's how I'm been looking at it for maybe like the past year, maybe even less than a year. It's been pretty. I think there's also, yeah, there's also a lesson in there. I mean, the value of having a coach that, you know, the, your family probably isn't always the best source of life advice, right? Because it comes through a certain lens from them, right? They see you, they changed your diapers and they've seen you every cent ever since. And, and so everything that they see in you is, is colored through this lens of who you have been. And I think that's so what the value of a coach brings us. They, they see what's possible for you. They don't, they're not attached to your past. Right. I'm, I'm curious though, from you, um, where did you reach? Like if, if it wasn't your mom, where did you go for that kind of support that broke you through this process that we're talking about? I leaned a lot just on myself and my own research. Like, so I grew up in Puerto Rico and at 25, I was like, I need to get out of here. I feel like I <laughs> outgrew the island, such a small island. And I, yeah. I wanted to work in tech. And so I was like, where do I go? San Francisco, Silicon Valley. I need to go there. <laughs> and so and gay I, Mecca. yes. So it's like, <laughs> this has all the answers. And so I'm going to go and. I had no plan. I sold whatever little, you know, belongings I had, packed three suitcases, had one job offer that wasn't even in the tech industry. I was like, I'm going to be a recruiter because I need a job and I need to move. And awesome. had a little bit of savings. And so I was like, I'm going to find an apartment when I get there. So I went, and I had like a week and a half to find a place to live because I was starting my new job. So I couldn't keep yeah. living in this like little chintzy hotel that I found for like not even $150 <laughs> a night. It was like a step up from a hostel. <laughs> like it was, you know, it wasn't even that fancy, but so I needed to act quick. And so there, because I started to feel supported by meeting friends that we had things in mm. common, not only careers, but hobbies and being gay and being able to go and yeah. free. I, you found I your tribe. Yes. Through that, just having that support, then I was able to look at, I'm going to start buying books. And I started doing research and I started doing the journaling. Mm. I always journaled on and off through life. But this is when I really started journaling with sort of a workbook, right? Like all these questions that I started to write down yeah. to try to be like, yeah. what makes me happy? What is something that brings me fulfillment that I want to be doing? Like all of these things. That's when I really started to like peel more of the onion to get to all these issues. And so I started navigating through it, but I didn't, I grew up going through to therapy for so long that I just didn't feel like that was helping me. So I was like, I need to find something else. I'm like, I can go back to therapy mm -hmm. at some point if I wanted to, but I, I kind of want to take this and, and figure it out on my own. And so started following yeah. a lot of different podcasts around psychology and learning all these different things. And so it can be, it can be done on your own, but it, it does put a lot of pressure on yourself to just okay, I'm my, I'm my own person. I have to figure this out on my own rather than having yeah. someone that's supporting you. So it is hard. I think, you know, it's definitely hard. No doubt. And I'm, I'm writing a book around all that too, that, that goes along the lines with, with your book and what you talk a lot about, which is very yeah. interesting. 
Yeah. I love that synergy. Yeah. The thing that I wanted to ask you as well, which goes along with the first question, which is something that I debate a lot by myself. I could be talking to myself if you let me, but um, (laughs) is, and I think I I struggle with this again, because I have a team and we talk a lot about career growth and things like that. And so do wishes come? Are we born with like a passion? And as we get older, we're trying to figure out what that passion is, what makes us fulfilled, or do we take a step back and we create that as we get older and start learning things and kind of owing our own craft and all of these things? Like, do you think this is something that, and this is again all opinion based, right? But do you think this is something we create, or do you think this is something that we discover with time? I promise I have a good reason for the quick interruption. I have a few quick reminders for you today. If you would like to join my one minute newsletter to obtain free resources, you can sign up by visiting maritaespada.com. You will also get access to updates about my upcoming book, A Renegade's Journey to Stillness. I also recently launched a new project tied to my meditation work called The Clarity of Mind Project. Here you can get access to different tools to help you in this journey of life to get more clarity of mind and achieve your goals. To learn more about the project, you can visit clarityofmindproject.com. All the links can be found in the description of this episode. With that said, back to the show. Ooh, I think it is a mix of both. And that's not me evading your question. I, I am very big on creation. I, I think I'm very big on visualizing what you want. I'm very big on you creating it. I'm very big on don't wait around for somebody to save you. You are the savior you have been looking for. And if it's going to happen, you're going to be the one that makes it happen. I'm very big on that. Um, but I'm also very big on back to permission. I'm, I'm big on giving yourself permission to be wrong. And I did that. And, you know, I was very fortunate. I I mentioned earlier that I had this set of survival skills and that set of survival skills got me to owning the the in-house marketing firm for the world's largest real estate company. Survival skills got me opening a training company, online training company within the world's number one training company. I did very, very well professionally, all on survival skills. It filled my bank account, but it did not fill my soul. And I had to be really realistic about that fact. When I got to a certain age and things got hard and I was no longer, well, I I realized, I discovered I discovered that when my feet hit the floor in the mornings, when I got up, I was no longer really excited about that fact. (laughs) I was no longer excited about getting up and doing it all over again today. And so I gave myself permission to say, you know what? You did really well, but this just ain't it. What you're doing ain't it. Go write the book, go down the personal development journey. You've been coaching people for years as a part of the real estate thing, you've been teaching mindset for years as a part of the real estate thing. Go try just that because that's the part I always loved anyway. Right. So I, I, I just, it was almost like to get back to the, the essence of your question, there was almost an element of refinement in the creation process. Here's the vision. Here's what I'm going to create. 
but it's okay if I refine it. It's okay if I throw some parts out. It's okay if I was completely wrong. The important thing is I just keep asking the question about, am I experiencing in my life a sense of meaningful satisfaction? And Maria, I don't even go for happiness. <laughs> like I'm not even chasing happiness. I just chasing meaningful satisfaction. Like, does this give, is my life worth living? Am I doing something that's worthy of this human experience? And if I can answer that question as yes, it doesn't really matter to me if it's doing some super crazy career alpha male thing, or it's serving people on the street, or I'm knitting, you know, baskets. It just doesn't matter. Like, doesn't bring me meaningful satisfaction. And I want a yes on that question. So did I create that? Did I discover that? It was a little bit of both. Yeah, that is a really good explanation too. And so I wanted to go back to, to more of your career. I know that you had mentioned that you were um, doing marketing for one of the biggest real estate um, companies, right? In the US, is it, is it only like nationwide? It was or? the largest real estate company in the world. Yep. In the world. Yeah. Even better. Yeah. Um, and then you were <laughs> yes. doing the, the coaching, right? Um, on yeah. the side and you built a business all, all inside the, the, the real estate, um, the marketing real estate mm -hmm. business that you were doing. But so I think at some point you, you decided to leave that aside and you focused on yep. the coaching part of it. And so are you yep. full-time now doing just the, the coaching around mindset and just helping individuals and perhaps companies and whatnot. And, and you've kind of like left the other, the other business aside. And I think what got you to that point, that's what I, I'm trying to get at. It's like, what got you to that point where you were like, okay, I'm going to do this full time. Can I financially take that leap? Cause that's, I think that's a big thing that people think about. Like I want yep. to feel fulfilled and happy and do something that brings purpose to me and maybe help others but when can I take yep. that financial leap? So can you walk me through that experience when you were yes. like, I want to do this full time? Like what, what steps did, did you take? Cause we have some, some folks that listen that this is a big question for them. And I think they struggle when they're like, I found the one thing that I really want to do. How do I let go of mm -hmm. this career that I built around this thing? Could be real estate, could be tech industry, any other industry and, and go into doing this one thing that I really wanted to focus on. Yeah. A really good question. And it's something I think a lot about. At least let's see how eloquently I can explain it. <laughs> um, I, I think it's important and maybe helpful for me to, to share with you what I did wrong. So I was really, really well positioned. I had a sweet, sweet gig. I was able to be an entrepreneur and build my business on my terms, but inside somebody else's empire. I was extremely fortunate. I was too naive or young or inexperienced to really get what I had. I had a sweet gig. Um, the emotional part of what I felt, the emotional drain of that work, the doing the same thing all the time. I, I was working with a lot of brand new agents, real estate agents, and that really wore on me. I was answering the same questions day in, day out, which is why I created the training company. So I could just record it and send that. And it, so the, the emotional toll was, was real. COVID happened and I lost business very, very quickly in what was it? March 20, 
March of 2020 when right. things really hit the fan. Yep. Yeah. So I lost real estate clients very fast. And that gave me an opportunity. It almost like it confirmed all my suspicions that what I was doing was wrong. I lost all these clients immediately. And I said, you know what? Here's your sign from the universe. It's done. Now, in hindsight, I would have probably stuck it out. I would have, I would have stuck it out and made that work while getting something else done. I had the cash flow at the time that I could have leveraged all of the real estate world work with a, I, I had a team, but I could have leaned on them even more, get, given them more responsibility and let them completely run that and maintain the cash flow and gone off and done my own thing. That's what I should have done. Um, so how do you know when to make the leap? There are so many different variables that, that go into that. I think the good thing about just going for it is you will find a way. You will find a way to survive. You will find a way to make it happen. If you cut the cord and go, you will figure it out. It may not be comfortable. In fact, it probably won't be. But I promise you'll figure it out <laughs> really quick. Um, your lifestyle may dramatically change. Your diet may dramatically change, but you'll figure it out. And so I think for anybody that's thinking about making the switch, money is not everything. It's not. It takes a while, I think, for us to realize that. But money is not everything. However, I've been rich and I've been poor. I'll take rich any day of the week. Um, so money is definitely important to me. And it's important that I take the skills that I learned in my past businesses and apply those in the new ones. And it's important that I apply those principles to create the revenue and to do the things that are important to me to serve others, but also to create a living and a lifestyle for me, my family, the people and the causes that I care about. Those things are all really important. So I, I think you have to spend a lot of time in meditation and a lot of time in contemplation and a lot of time talking it out with your family, talking it out with your therapist, talking it out with your coach, and then ultimately just make the decision about what you're going to do. You're going to be all right. Either way, you're going to be all right. That's a good way of putting it. I think there's a lot of anxiety, right? Because right before I think people are going to make that decision, it's it's kind of like, well, the unknown. The, the steady paycheck yep. went away. What is this going to look like for me? My well, you know this. You were in tech. You know this. Yep. Facebook, uh, when we're recording this, Facebook announced yesterday or the day before they're they're laying off 10,000 more people and not hiring 5,000 more. There is no such thing as security. There is no such thing as security. The greatest security you can have is to create it yourself. And for some reason in our society, in our culture, we think of that as the most risky. It is not. That is the that is the closest thing you'll get to security is you doing it, you going and working for somebody else. There's nothing wrong with that. I've had fantastic employees, but you going and working for somebody else, you're putting your fate in their hands. No matter how you look at it, your fate is in their hands. They can fire you in most states. They can fire you today with no reason. That is not security. And we sign a contract a dream, that people don't even absolutely. sometimes think about. Absolutely. If you've got a dream, if you've got a passion, if you've got skills, go bet on yourself. 
every day of the week, go bet on yourself. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's more like, like you're saying, right? There's no job security, but I think for some people it's more like, well, every two weeks, as long as I'm employed by company X, there's money that's going to be deposited in my bank account. So I think it's yeah. that, that being that, okay, in the next two weeks, if I were still working for company X, that money's not going to come in because I left the company. So I think it's that, that one factor, but I agree. Like there is no job security right now. I work for a company. I don't, I don't know what, what the future holds. I know right now today. And that's what I tell my team today. I can tell you about today. I can maybe tell you about yep. this week. I can't yep. even go further than that because look what happened with Silicon Valley bank and all yep. these tech companies that had money with those banks. I, we didn't know that was coming up the pipeline. We were, were thinking about the recession and when that shoe's going to drop the recession that everyone keeps talking about, but we don't, we don't know further than a week. And that's even a stretch. Nobody knows. So it's about taking that, that leap. And I think it's more about what you're saying. I think it's more preparation, you know, cash flow and, yep. and learning yep. that your lifestyle and your, your diet are going to change. You might be eating more peanut butter <laughs> yep. and jelly sandwiches than, <laughs> than you did before, or, you know, you're going to be a Trader Joe's instead of Whole Foods. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so I think it's that and learning that you won't probably be able to take, if you take three vacations every year, counting on your, on your job, that check every two weeks. You might skip a year. Yep. You might, you might skip a year. You might end up doing just a long weekend somewhere that you can afford if you wanted to just get out and break the routine, but it will be different. So it's just learning how to cope with that being uncomfortable. I see it a lot as like, and this is someone that doesn't work out by the way, but I see us working out at the beginning <laughs> where your whole body hurts. So you just have to go through the yeah. pain of the body hurting <laughs> to get to that spot. Yes. So, um, and I'm just saying that because I did Peloton like two days ago and my body's still hurting. So I had that in my mind. Um, <laughs> I need to go do it because I do it like once and then I don't do it for three days. And I'm thinking I'm like already looking great. Um, so definitely. I, I'm, like, I'm, I'm like that. I'm the guy that I go to the gym and when I leave, I'm like, I don't have a six pack. What? Why am I doing this? Like I expect it that day. Yeah. It's not healthy. Not a good mindset. No. That's I, the one thing I don't have patience for. <laughs> It's just working out. <laughs> That's one of the things I don't have patience for. I, I think there's also, a, you know, I think we talk about it a little bit in black and white terms. Like, do I keep the job? Do I leave the job? There's a there's a big gray area in there where you're keeping the job and you're doing your side hustle. You know, there, there's a there's a very big gray area. So I don't, I don't think that if, if I positioned it as a dichotomy of go or stay, there are about a million possibilities in between. Right. And that's what I am in the gray area right now. I have my my mm -hmm. full time job and I have the, the podcast and writing the book and uh, all of these things really around that. And so when people ask me if I would do it full time, I'm like, yes, I would do it full time. Just right now, I know it's not the time. Right. Right yeah. now, I know I, I don't want to do that switch. But every year I get closer to I think this is the year that I'm going to do it. And I'm talking like I've been doing the podcast for like two years. It hasn't been that long. I just want to yeah. see how much I can build while I have my full-time job, which I enjoy too. That's my battle is I like my full-time job and I like mm. this. And for me it's hard. Do I pick one more than the other? Like, so I just do both to the best of my abilities. And so I enjoy, you. yeah, I enjoy both of them, but I think there's going to be a time where the creative work is going to want I'm going to want to dedicate more time to the creative work than what I can right now. So when that moment hits, yeah. I will 
make the change. Right now, I'm okay with it. So I think it's also and learning how to navigate that in your mind. Yeah. And you're going to be doing it with a, a, a foundation. It's not like you're going cold into something. So like that's also an important thing to remember is, is that you're not just jumping into something that's never been tested. You've been testing that for two years now. Right. So I think yeah. it's just great. Um, one thing that I wanted to ask you is as someone that, that talks a lot about, you know, mindset and behaviors and things like that. Do you have any practices day to day that you kind of lean on? And, and yes. this could be a range of many things, but what, what are those for you? Cause it's not a one size fits all sort of thing, right? Like I, I'm not yeah. a runner and my cousin loves to run. No, that's never yeah. going to happen here. Right. So yeah. what, what do you do personally that, that works for you? All right. Strap, uh, strap in, settle in, buckle up. This is uh, <laughs> I am a lot of work. Okay. I am a lot of work. Uh, just ask my husband. So <clears throat> when I am firing on all cylinders and I will confess that I do my best to fire on, on all cylinders as frequently and consistently as possible, but I'm not perfect, right? I slip up too. I try to get up at a consistent time. Right now, that is 5.15 a.m. Go to the gym. And for me, going to the gym, uh, it counts if I show up. Like if I get my rear end out of bed and get to the gym, that's a win. Now, what happens at the gym, I'm not terribly hard on myself for, but I got there. Um, I take a B12 shot once a week. That's something that I makes me feel better. I will meditate every day. Um, I walk my dog every day. Um, these are the things that I, I do consistently. I have, if, if you get my book, it, you can get a free copy of my book at, at my website. And I do offer book bonuses. It's like a little online course where you can get some supplemental materials. When you're in that, I do have what I call a self-care plan. And the, I think about it in terms of what I need to do once a year, once a quarter, once a month, once a week, and every day. And so I'm thinking about all those different time frames and what I need to have in my schedule once a year. I need to take a vacation every year. I got to get out of here. I got to see another part of the world every year. So that's something that just has to happen. So there's the big stuff like that that has to happen once a year to once a month, I need to get a massage. Once a week, I need to go on date night. Once a day, I need to meditate and drink water and walk my dog and go to the gym. So I think about all of the things that are happening on these different schedules. And again, I outline that and give an example of that in my book bonuses. But those are just a few of the things that I'm thinking about and the things that I'm doing to stay consistent. And I do that. I know a lot of people do that for performance. I'm using air quotes as if you can see me, but it's like, I want to be a high performer. And so these are the things I want to do. For me, that's a mental health thing. Right. So to, to keep my mind right, to keep the depression and the anxiety at bay, those are the things that I need to do. I've discovered over the years that routine and consistency and patterns are, are good for me to stay well. Um, and those are just a few of them. No, And I agree with that. I think we tend to look at entrepreneurs, for example, and everyone's like, well, their morning yeah. routine and this is like the secret to success. And if 
you wake up at five in the morning, you're just going to be successful on Friday. Like, that's not how I see it either. <laughs> For me, it's like I meditate every day, but I know if I don't yep. meditate, I I just things don't feel right inside of me. And my anxiety yeah. can kind of like lose control. And if I don't try to do at least a walk with my dog or or some sort of exercise, my ADHD spirals and I spiral yeah. along with it. Like it just takes me by the hand and takes me and, and just spiral city here. So I know that it, I need but to I do those things just to have to feel grounded so that I that's can. That's a great word. Can, to continue to do things throughout the day. Like, it will it enhance my performance at work or when I'm talking to a guest in the podcast? 100%. It, it will definitely will. But it's, I don't see it, I, I see it more as like, I need something every day that's going to ground me. And those are things yeah. that I know that will. Is, is the walking yeah. or some sort of exercise, some sort of movement. I don't even try to make it seem like, well, I need to do this workout because sometimes I don't do it and I feel bad. Some sort of movement mm -hmm. and the meditation. Yeah, it has to. Yep. I love that word grounded. I think that's a, I think that's a good word to sum up the reason for me as well as to why I do that stuff. It, it is a grounding activity. It is a grounding practice. Yeah, we all need definitely. it. And I don't think we, we, we can, I, we don't call it that or we don't identify it as that, but we all do something consciously or unconsciously that grounds us every day that yeah. when we don't do it, we we just don't feel right inside our bodies. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, this has been a great conversation, and I, and I really like to wrap up with two questions that I typically ask all my guests. But I am trying a new question with you. Okay, I'm, I'm trying all new right. questions I... for the year. Um, it's not that exciting, but I made it sound super exciting. The new question. <laughs> well, I'm excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first one is, what is one question that you wish I asked you that I failed to ask? And, and how would you answer that same question? Um, goodness, and if we covered a lot of ground. <laughs> then yeah, we've, we've gone around the block here. I don't know that there's a question that you didn't ask. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you an A plus and say, yeah. I like that. I, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm feeling like the, the orange has been juiced to the max. Good. I like <laughs> for, that. For like... 45, for 40 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. <laughs> in this one, I, I just love, because I think it makes us reflect in everything that we've done through our, our lives and, and just what would we have done um, and I don't want to say what we had done better, but if we had all the information that we have now, yeah. maybe if this yeah. would have changed uh, your path uh, as a, as you were younger, but if you could travel back in time, what piece of advice would you give to yourself at 18 years old, uh, basically right out of high school and entering the world as an adult by society standards, if we want to call an 18 year old an adult? <laughs> yeah, I, I really like that question. And for me... I wish that someone had sat me down and explained to me that I'm going to suffer. Life is suffering and you're going to suffer. The key is to decide whether you're going to suffer from the way that your dad treated you, the abuse, the anxiety, the depression, the way things could have been, the way things should have been, the way things ought to be, 
Are you going to suffer from that? Or are you going to suffer toward? Are you going to suffer toward creating the life that you want for yourself, for the people that you love and care about, for the causes that you find important? What are you going to choose? Are you going to suffer from, or are you going to suffer toward? And we talked about this briefly, but you know, I spent a lot of time suffering from and going to therapy. I was with my last therapist for 16 years. I mentioned I've been in therapy since I was in about fourth grade and I'm a big advocate of therapy, but there does come a time when you have to make a decision, whether you're going to suffer from or suffer toward. And I wish that I had made that decision earlier in my life and really focused on discovering that meaningful satisfaction and the joy that you can get from suffering toward creating something. And that's the conversation I wish somebody had had with me at 18. And I think that's a conversation that many people now after listening to you will agree with. And I, because I agree with that as well. Like I think at 18, everyone's like, well, the world is your oyster. Like go out there and do, yes, it is. I'm not saying it isn't right. Like now it's like yeah, just a, a sure. white canvas paint where you will do, but what it's you hard, want, but it's hard. And that's the one part that it's no hard. one tells 18 year olds or 19 year olds yeah. or anyone in college. Yeah. No one really yeah. like we, we all want to paint this, like, you know, beautiful picture for people that are young and like, you can do anything you want. Yeah. Not saying you can, but <laughs> there's a caveat to that. It's hard. Life yeah. is hard. Yeah. Life is hard. Get over it. <laughs> we are all <laughs> suffering. We're all going to, going to suffer. You doing this podcast that is hard. I know yeah. it's hard. You got to find people and schedule and edit and promote. It's like, this is hard, but you're creating something and you're doing something beautiful. And you and I had a connection today and hopefully we had a connection with somebody that's listening to this. And that's a beautiful thing. And you contributed something to the world that wasn't here two hours ago wasn't easy, but you did it. And I hope it was worth it to you. It was worth it for me. So thank you. No, thank you for coming. And with that, I'll say, since we were talking about life being hard, I, I don't know if I watched this or listened to this in a show or a movie, but someone said to someone else in this show or movie, life is hard, get a helmet. And that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's essentially right. what we were getting right. at. So yeah. Um, no, thank you so much for, for joining the podcast. I think this conversation is fantastic. Before we wrap up, I wanted to give you the space to share with the audience where they can find you, learn more about you and your wonderful work. Thank you for that. And everybody can find me at chadpv.com. Uh, I'm easily Googleable or go directly to my website. From there, you can get a free copy of my book. And uh, when you sign up to get that free copy i'll stay in touch with you via email as long as you want me to um you can also find me on linkedin or instagram so thank you so much again i appreciate it thank you being human takes a lot of work important and nurturing work it's about having patience with yourself empathy and giving yourself a break a great resource to get you started can be Chat's book. Break and entangle, discover the freedom to be you despite the inherited mindsets holding you back. I have been listening to the book on Audible and I'm not only enjoying his story, but the tools that he shares as well. Understanding yourself and being authentic can be the ultimate gift to yourself. 
I hope you enjoy the podcast today and that you join me on our next episode. For now, peace out and see you next time.